thing we're talking on here. But I can tell you this, with all the existing technology that exists in the world of sports today, we can move forward much leaner than we operated in the past and much more efficient. Uh, we have all the tools to, to look at and fine tune over and over, slow it down in slow motion, back it up, look at it again of a player and what he does in a split second. So we're, you're right. We're, we're going to get leaner. Uh, and it's just the way the world's heading. Uh, you know, any business today, you look at the things they do, they're, they're more efficient. Uh, they do things quicker. They use this new technologies that are, that we all have at our fingertips. Did I get your question there? How's it going everybody? I'm Luke. And of course, uh, Mr. Joe, as I'll call him, is here with me on the other side of this recording uh, for this somber discussion this afternoon or evening, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Joe, what say you about this this whole deal? Oh, obviously, uh, yesterday morning when I woke up to the news that Jason Barrow was relieved of his duties, I was very pleased because I wasn't expecting it to happen. Obviously, after three weeks ago, Kim Pagula gave him the good old vote of confidence. Mm -hmm. Back in my mind, I knew that you can't trust that. Do you remember last year when Harry backed Phil Housley yes. and said, oh, he's a good young coach, blah, blah. And he was fired away. So you can't really exactly trust everything yeah. Tim and Terry Pagula say. Uh, it's quickly becoming apparent that the Pagula's word is about as good as three-week-old milk, I think. Exactly. Yeah, that good feeling didn't really last very long because in the same exact press release as you see, Kevin Adams is the new general manager, not interim. He's the new general manager, which... Okay, interesting. In one of Elliot's 31 thoughts, probably months back at this, when there was talk of pre COVID, even of the Sabres being unhappy with Jason Botterill. And I'm pretty sure he said that a shakeup of the front office is fair game. This was in February. I think February 21st was the date. He mentioned. Uh, he mentioned Kevin Adams' name as someone who could move up in the organization somehow. I would have never thought in a million years he would be the next general manager of the team, but the, I guess they, they trust him. They clearly trust him to the point he didn't even have a formal interviewing process. They search. They were just like, you know what? Kevin Adams does everything that we tell him. I was talking with someone at work today. It's just like... And he does everything you ask him to do. That doesn't mean you make him the CEO of McDonald's. Right. Makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, he's a figurehead in every sense of the word. He's a puppet, pretty much. Words coming out that from Alec Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast that Botterill didn't want to sign Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner long term. That was uh, <clears throat> the Pagula's work those two contracts one of them good one of them the jury's still out on it obviously but the contract was a steal thank you terry that was very nice of you but 
so clearly a disconnect and i guess getting uh, back and forth about <clears throat> how the pagulas want to you know they want to maintain their lifestyle they want to build their super yacht and what so bobber will not necessarily agree with their philosophy on cutting costs and business so but pushed back uh, the pagulas decided hey let's review him again I don't understand why the drafting back would be the main reason for changing your mind in the matter of three weeks, but you know what? He's gone. Crash general manager is gone. Uh, I, I just find it extremely odd, and it's not up for me at least. Man, I think that just the uh, this is what angered me maybe the most from the press conference yesterday is the idea of getting into sports to actually run a sports team like a business like if you're getting into sport to a sports franchise you can't get into it as a business you should only get into it if you're uber mega rich and have some like spare change on the side and want to do something as a hobby cuz you're not going to make money in the NHL running an NHL team yeah. you've never yeah, like exactly. you never heard of anybody you know, owning private jets because they made a lot of money owning a hockey team. You can't be, and that's that's a big flaw there is that uh, they came into this and they're looking at it from the uh, the business side things. That's well, they, when they first came in, they were saying, "Oh, we're not in this to make money, right? More money if you no... drill another gas well." Yeah, mm-hmm. financial burdens. Look at them now. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, and Terry... the week of uh, oil prices, whatever, tanking even double down he said uh, the rumor came from that they're in financial trouble you guys wouldn't pay your own employees during the pandemic mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and i think called for this we wanted them to fire everyone and they everyone in the scouting staff very slim list of people that remain Jack Kabowski, vice president of hockey administration, former assistant GM, head of collegiate scouting, Jerry Fortin, with three, four amateur scouts, Kevin Devine, who somehow, somehow found a way to remain. In, I don't know how, but he's <laughs> still here. Austin Dunn, Frank Musil, and Rob Graham Beamish, who's still and uh, Jeremiah Crow, and then the director of analytics, Jason Knighton-Higgins. There's a lot of um, reasons to look at for why this happened, and that's what makes it hard to analyze. Is like, uh, is it, because no one knows the truth to begin with, uh, really. Uh, is it is it financial? Is it performance-based? Uh, Pagula also said something when discussing oh. the, the president role. He said that he wants to pretty much streamline communication. He doesn't believe in that. Uh, do they want a smaller scouting staff? Uh, because, do they want a smaller room, pretty much? Do they want uh, less management so communication is easier and there's less things getting muddled? Uh, there's just so many um, reasons for why this might have happened, and I don't think we're going to find out what it actually like truthfully was. They can cover it up however they want. That will make sense. If you have a, a smaller room, that makes sense. But you have to have the right people in that room. Right. Right. Like, you have a bunch of things in your organization who build a good team. That's fine. As long as you have the right people. 
do they uh, are they gonna, I'm just assume they're gonna bring Bull in. You would hope so at least because I think you can rely on on like Kevin Adams who's never been in front office role of any sort mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. He the main guy here, like Mark. I'm pretty sure his role when he was Tim Murray's assistant GM was with the salary cap. Kevin Devine, I don't know why he's still here, but he's just listed as a scout. So he, he with uh, other roles for the front. And you would assume they would bring in a very experienced to help hold Adams because I don't know. I don't exactly trust direction right now, but I'm glad they got rid of all bringing new people, all the right choices. But who knows? It sounds like Kruger is going to have a lot of say in the personnel decisions. I'm okay with that. I mean, he's the coach. He knows what he needs on the ice. Uh, I don't know how many other coaches around the league have decisions in personnel. Um, whether that be weighing in on trades or free agent signings or whatnot, uh, or like call-ups or anything like that. But I'm okay with it. I think that the coach, um, coaches in any team should have say, because they're the ones who, uh, they're closer to the team than anybody. I really think that Kruger's going to have a lot of say. I could even see him potentially being in there with Adams, negotiating the trades and the signings. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Too. I like the sound I, of that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... Because like I I wasn't big on Kruger this year. I disagreed on of his decisions behind the bench, but I'm willing to give him another chance. And if we're able to give him a better roster this time around, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical, and I think that's justified for fans to be skeptical about this move because Kevin Adams. Never, he hasn't even been an assistant GM. He hasn't been a scout. He is he. What was he? Vice president of an uh, something like that. Uh, vice president of uh, wasn't it like it was some business role? I thought like that, but like he he ran the academy of hockey. He was yeah. part of the Harbor Center. He'd do like, the the, the yeah. things, the intermission things, or you know, when they uh, yeah. chill the uh. The, the, the Harbor Center thing that they do, the suburban hockey dad camp. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It it could be an interesting experiment, but like, think about this too. You don't have to be a hockey guy to be a good general manager, in my opinion. No, we, we literally of... said this. The last show that we did uh, in the studio, I think, actually, this was a big discussion, is that like anybody can be a GM. You don't have to be some wizard to be a GM. 100%. Because like, how many of these buffoons aren't qualified for GM jobs. There are so many people that come and go that are NHL GMs that do such a whole job that are only getting the gig because they played in the league or have been around. Like, there's so many guys on Twitter, smart guys, do analytics, or could easily be a general manager of a team. I 100% agree think- with that. I do. Like, the, like, it's just that they can't get to break the business, and that's why they aren't. I mean, Kyle du- how'd Kyle Dubas get to be a GM? Kyle Dubas, he, great, and I don't think Maple Leafs fans are that big on him anymore. On cap jail, yeah, they uh well, I'll tell you that. shouldn't have signed Tavares. 
I'm still on that hill. I shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, who knows how this is going to work out? We'll see. Jason Bottle, everyone was very excited. The vast majority of fans liked both of those hires, and they didn't work out. Well, maybe the one that the fans, the majority, they don't like the hire. Maybe it'll actually work. What what I caught about Adams, uh, what seems different from Ottrell and from Murray and the likes, is that he doesn't seem like an abrasive personality. He seems like a nice guy. Very, yeah, he seems like a very, very nice guy. The thing with Botterill was he was just, he was just not good at speaking to no. the media at all. He no. always looked like he was hiding something. He sounded like, a like smug he was hiding attitude. Something. Yeah, like you knew the guy was lying. Yeah, you knew the guy was lying. Hundred percent. And I don't know. He seems like a frat boy. Said the like the final nail in the coffin was communication, but roll in for communication. What does that say about you? Mm-hmm. On Murray's fire, he wants structure, leadership, and communication. I could see uh, Jason Bottrell like speaking in riddles to them. No, like uh, like a role player kind of guy. Like one of those dudes like online who like loves the Joker and like quotes him and stuff. I feel like that's what Jason Bottrell is. <laughs> and that was where the uh communication broke down. Yeah, communication was his downfall. Yes, but uh well if there's one thing that we know for sure, Kevin Adams is gonna tow the company line hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Like plan to Lifestyle. They want to make sure their lifestyle can be embraced and they can super yet. So they're like, oh, okay, let's cut the payroll a little bit. Let's trade Sam Reinhardt. We can save us six million dollars. It sounds like they're in five. That's what it sounds like. They want to be more economic. What does that mean? Are they going to try and spend money possible? I don't know. But Elliot Friedman and around the idea on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. Hey. Are they going to throw big money at big times? Are they going to go spend big money and go make a splash? Because Jack Eichel, uh, Friedman said on the podcast yesterday, find enough time until Jack Eichel decides that he has had enough and requests a trade. <laughs> and we've been talking about this a lot. Yes. Wouldn't be surprised. No. It just makes me laugh at this point, honestly. That the hockey, the hockey world is as a whole is uh, they're picking up on this. You know, it's not just some kind of uh, doomsday fantasy. It's actually a possibility now. Here, if it's another repeat of the past few years, I see Jackal going up to ownership and be like, "Hey, I'm done." Mm-hmm. I know people like we bring this up all the time. His love for Buffalo is not going to keep him in Buffalo. Competitor, he wants to win the stand badly as anyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. We'll say, oh, how many times has a captain with six plus years left on his contract request a trade? Fed up. He's fed up. He wants to win. They should do what to make that happen because this guy in the whole Pagula sports and entertainment empire people like to bring up, he is the most valuable player out of all of them. It's everything. Is the most valuable asset to this owners. So 
whatever they can to make sure that this guy is happy. And Reinhardt, which could definitely be a possibility. I don't know. Who knows? I'm even more mad. Oh, well, listen, if the dominoes do start to fall in terms of big name guys, Reinhardt's going to be the first, I think, even before Risto uh, and anyone else you might think of. I could definitely see it, but hey, why the heck would I want to sign long term with the RFAs they have this offseason, like six or seven, maybe eight? I think so. Around All there, of yeah. them are arbitration eligible. <laughs> That's a joy. Poor Kevin Adams is going to have to deal with arbitration cases. Ugh. Which, that could be dangerous too. Aline up next year. You got Yoki Haru up next year. If Ryan to arbitration, that's another big contract you got to do next. And if he goes to arbitration, who knows what Olofsson's contract is going to get? Oh, who knows? That's a tough. That's I could definitely see Olofsson going to arbitration. If they don't have the balls to go commit long term, which thing that the guy asked yesterday that Botterill was afraid of getting burned on term contract. Imagine being afraid of getting burned on a Jack Eichel contract. Come on. <laughs> Though that's see, that's what. Um, where did that news come from, by the way? Ali uh, uh, Friedman. Ali Friedman. Third wow. Thoughts. Yeah. I-, I wish you would have told but, us that sooner. Yeah, Man. a lot more information percolating about over the next about Botterill, but glad he's gone. Yes, but we can the move next on. Guy will be him. any better. Uh, now the clip you heard at the start of the show is uh, Terry Pagula talking about this wonderful new technology we have of slowing down video replay. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I believe the question was I think from Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News about surrounding Kevin Adams with help with different hockey guys and people who have been in this position before. And Terry Pagula answered it as that we have tools now that are pretty much the wave of the future where you can slow down video to just super slow speeds and it's taking over uh, the world of business. Everyone's using it nowadays. So he's pretty much talking about instant replay. So uh, I just wanted to point that out. That can figure out the, uh, if they were muted or not yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pagula kind of, or Terry was so, kind of like, "Can you unmute that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's he's kind of had an attitude there with Kim." He asked Tim Graham, "Oh, where's your Tigers hat?" That was so awkward. Wasn't it a response, and they were just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, just. God. Oh. That was not the Terry, time. Terry's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He just mm-hmm. they're not well, see, a sports team. I don't think he's the most sociable person. He's nice, but like, you know, I think it's kind of awkward and I will give them credit for seeing the media yesterday. Mm-hmm. To do that and and that Terry will even face the media. I think he did last year in Florida with the, I think it was for NFL meetings or something. Then mm-hmm. they talked about Housley, and then the time for that was when Murray got fired. Who his contract is finally up in two weeks. So can, I wish it had another year. I don't think they would have fired Botterill. Well, uh, 
Tim is going to be free soon, not going to have any obligations. Maybe he can swing on the pod. Uh, but if they would have just said that they had to be more accountable and they're going to be in front of the media more and in front of the fans and we're going to hear from them more, I think there'd be a lot better feeling right now after all this was uh, all this was done. But we we didn't really get any of that. Sure. Also, asking Terry and Kim questions, like I didn't really get of what Adam's fault is, no. uh, who he sees as core piece of the team. Uh, uh, do know they keep through draft, which is good because that's how you build a team. They traded most of their picks and high picks. And the, when Adams was asked, he was like, yeah, I've been on the job for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Not, not a couple of days, a couple hours. Really have an answer to the question. It was a very with, PR. Uh, with, uh, yeah. yeah. It's time in this morning. I, I was kind of half asleep when I was listening to it. I, I've been at work ever since 4 o'clock, so uh got it out. So I, I didn't have time to go look at quotes again but he did mention that he's a big believer in analytics and he wasn't even asked that question like he brought it up himself which was very missing to jason Nightdale, who who is their director of analytics there's like two guys in that department expand upon that because when you are cutting like that in your front office people will help. I definitely believe that. So hopefully they rely on it more. But the information at your disposal, it's how you use Right. How we'll see what happens. Like I because how many times like Murray Murray would talk about analytics. would talk about analytics. Bottle would always talk about analytics, but it wouldn't make any sense because no. he kept bringing in these people that analytically were not good. Mm-hmm. And he turned down offers that would make the team better. Look at Nikolai Ehlers and Erasmus Ristolainen and trade and look at it now. Maybe that all does that that does line up with that what the cool said of um him not doing what uh pretty much not being a team player, right? Not doing what they wanted to do for the team, not following uh what they heard. wanted. That's what we weren't being right. Heard. Weren't being heard, right? So it did seem like he was very cavalier in uh, his actions and what he did, um, just based on what he said in the media um, and what he actually did. And now what we're hearing uh, from the owners themselves. Uh, this comes as no surprise, but assistant GMs are gone. Their coaching staff is gone. Also, do you see what EJ Raddick said? I did not. The Sabres assistant GMs. He, I think he quote tweeted someone that was talking about the Sabres firing Greeley and Sexton. And he equally said, uh, Greeley doesn't deserve it. That he, he's kind of like uh, someone who just expects more to come to him. He doesn't actually do the work for himself. Huh. And uh, Sexton was a journeyman. Move on. Huh. Uh, that was very interesting. Also, Ryan Jankowski, director of amateur scouting, and I believe Jeff Chris, the assistant 
director of amateur scouting are both gone as well. So that's that's great. Really great. Hoping yeah. they can I think I've mentioned this before. Judd Brackett, the Vancouver Canucks former director of amateur scouting, his contract is not going to be renewed by them. I would love it if they could bring him in because Benning isn't running the show. Uh, there because like Benning, he wanted Ole Levy. Uh, there was another pick. Benning really wanted Pod Coles in. Uh, Bracket wanted someone else. That's one of the things. Like they they would clash. Benning and Bracket would clash on decision decisions to pick those players. But like Bracket, he would, he brought in Quinn Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, Bo Horvat, like. Ever since he's been like the main guy in Vancouver, they've drafted extremely well, extremely well. I think he'd be a great addition. So he was there for Besser then too. Yeah, he was there for Besser. He's been there for a long time. He ever since he became the director of amateur scouting there, they've been drafting really well. Also, Mike Fuda uh, with the Kings, possibly. I would love to see that. He was a GM job twice here. I don't know if he would take assistant GM job. He's probably looking for not many. I don't think there are any vacancies. Yeah, there are none at all. If they can get both of those guys, that'd be great. But I don't know if the Pagulos are willing to pay off. Well, you know what uh, is the good thing, though, for Adams uh, being for some GM is that this is going to be a super long off season. So he has a lot of time oh, yeah. to settle into this role and um, really think about how he's going to do things. So thank goodness he has the benefit that a lot of first time GMs have never had in the past. Uh, unless we're talking about 2004, 05. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's got plenty of time to, out a new scouting department, find his assistant GM or two. Mm-hmm. And he also has to find a new coaching staff for Rochester because all of them were fired. I believe all of the, their contracts set to a at the end, quote unquote. I think it's crazy that Chris Taylor is fired. He, he did a great job down there in Rochester, but I find it normal for the GM to pick his own guy, which makes sense. I thought Taylor did a good job. I would have liked to see him stay, but mm-hmm. uh, he, he, that's for sure. And that's that was kind of the move that started the whole financial discussion because people were saying if this wasn't about money, why would they let go of the Rochester staff when they're doing so good? But you bring up a good point there that I hadn't thought about. Um, maybe Adams would just want to bring in his own guys, and um, I, I, I agree with that. In the end, who cares? It's Rochester, right? Does anyone really care um, how they do unless our guys are actually doing good? Amherst fans are going to be at your throat after oh, saying that. Well, whatever. Rochester, and, I love you, buddy. I said on the radio today that the reason for Rochester is for developing Sabres prospects and Sabres, which is great to hear. The thing is, national philosophy not allow that they did not pick chl players and chl players and they're quick all these swedes and Finns that they're drafting left and right that are still marinating in europe right now mm-hmm. excuse me they extremely poorly that's why there wasn't exactly a youthful presence on the western amherst 
why no one is developing. Developed well in Rochester, that's for sure. Asplund took a step back this year. Mm-hmm. Lander wasn't developing in Rochester. Certainly, oh, we didn't mention Lawrence Pilot. Well, he was he developed fine in Rochester. He didn't need it. Yeah, already right off the bat, and they just kept sticking him down there, and that's why he's gone. He signed a two-year with the uh, track in the KHL. He's probably never come back. Right. I, that's because what I was going to ask Otto you. Was a moron. Oh God, they playing with him and no leverage. What are you doing? I was going to ask you. Uh, do you like? Is it actually a possibility that pilot leaving influences decision? Do you think Abigail saw that and maybe rethought um, Bachelor's stance? Possible, because Terry watches the games. He probably likes Lawrence Pilot. Mm-hmm. Like, are we letting this guy go to the KHL for nothing? Because they said they spoke to Bottrell in, in in recent days, correct? I recall seeing that, and it was a discussion. Yeah, and um, didn't like his answer. Right. Did have an NHL offer to stay with the Sabers, and I believe promised top four minutes. <sighs> well, I have to find another left shot. Do you? Has to stay probably because. If they do Jake McCabe, now you got a fight defenseman. And you know what? Good for Lawrence Pilot because I think he just got engaged too uh, yesterday or two days ago. Post on Instagram. On his Instagram. Yep. For him. So he's not bothered I, at all. If there is one silver lining here, uh, uh, can wear his number 24 again. <laughs> I, I would have loved to see Lawrence Pilot continue playing here. He was one of my favorite players watching him play, but. The people would be like, oh, he's not like Bobby Orr, blah, blah, blah. He's not a big loss. He wasn't that good. Good. For one defenseman, you got to keep good players around. Don't let them go. Yeah, just because he's not Bobby Orr doesn't mean it's not going to hurt your team. Like, geez, that is the same argument. With... argument. They're like, oh, Mark Pesci, next coming of Bobby Orr, blah, 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 number one defenseman. No, Mark Pesic was good. He was a defenseman. He was a guy that should have stuck around. him For Dmitry Kulikov, who was a bum, and throwing him on the back end. I would love to see them sign Mark Pesic again if they traced the line of Brandon Montour to the right side a little bit. He would be a nice addition again, but I don't know if he would come back. Showing versatility and uh, versatility in uh, Florida too, goal scoring, being a winger. Yeah, yeah, he was playing forward for most of the year. I feel like we've definitely missed going through right now to double check. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I knew the two big hot button topics coming to this were oh Carter Hutton being blind. Yeah, which is and just eye surgery. So we, if he is still on the team next year, he. Uh, uh someone was in the wrong here. Clearly, maybe that played into the firing too. Maybe Botchel knew, and didn't do anything about it, and they found out. I I just I don't think a player would keep that from a team. 
Yeah. And they just kept playing him. And you know what, actually? It doesn't make any sense. This, the same thing happened with uh, Damus Winston in the NFL. He said he had vision issues yeah. all this time. Hmm. So I wonder if, um, I don't know. So there's a precedent for this. But uh, no, it's a real problem, obviously. And uh, you see how it affects these athletes' performance. And like you've been, like, like you said on Twitter around the time this is all happening, this could have been the difference between Sabres and the playoffs. What were we uh, two points out or four points out and a couple of those games? If, if Linus Allmark doesn't get hurt, they're in the playoffs. Right. Or at least they're in the playing round, at least. So that playing round, does this happen right now? I don't think so. No. Definitely not. Probably would have waited at least until the end there after they got bounced by Pittsburgh. But no matter who it was, and I, I doubt it was Hutton, uh, but no matter who it was that did not take action, uh, that's ultimately the reason. That's the reason why this team isn't in um, the play-in round. Uh, you can I also won't say the reason. Well, I was going to say, you can also point um, factor. the Ottawa losses and the Tampa Bay New Year's Eve loss was catastrophic. And I think we lost to Detroit somewhere in there, too. At the game where they right, that was ridiculous mm-hmm. bay game comes to mind immediately like you were winning five to two that was the dalton smith game remember the arizona shootout game uh i don't not enough that though. was uh it was like two to one or three two in the shootout and uh we almost won the a bunch of times where, where middle stat in the post i think puck away. That, that's not the game oh man uh, it was early in the season. It was right when the tailspin started. I think it was the first game of the tailspin. We were still like 8-2 and 1 or whatever. And um, we ha- it, there was that period in like the second where we had uh, like three minutes of zone time in a row and the crowd was going nuts. I think Darcy Kemper played out of his mind. It's okay if you don't remember. But it was like it, we had tons uh-huh. of scoring chances and stuff. And I think they might have taken a goal away from us too or... Someone made some crazy save, and that's why. But there was like a couple different games that, if things just went the other way, uh, we'd be in the play-in round. But yeah, that's been the luck of this team. The same team that had a player, you know, last year against Edmonton, pucks on the goal line, Pominville <laughs> knocks it out somehow. So that. that's just sums up the luck of this team the past two years. Uh, the draft lot is in a couple weeks. Yeah, that that should be fun. Uh, there's any time to win the draft lottery. It's right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, just give Kevin Adams a nice you, start. It's a perfect perfect start. You win the the number three pick. Even I'm going to get a great player prospect. It's or eight or nine, wherever they are. Like I personally would love Marossi on this team. Five foot nine, and all the suburban hockey dads out there are gonna hate that pick. <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere, he'd be perfect. Like put him on alongside Eichel. Jeez, that would be mad. Uh, Quentin Byfield, Quentin Byfield, the center for the ten years. Stutzla, another guy who can probably play for you. Perfect. I'm 
they go defense, Jamie Drysdale, he can be perfect too. There's your number to play alongside Darlene for the next decade. Oh, that. Uh, Adams is going to have a lot to a lot on his plate to do. And like we said, he's got to find a new uh, scouting department. He's in GM. He's got to fill out his coaching staff. Sure. Whole entire NHL coaching staff is sticking together, even though Steve Smith has to go. But <laughs> looks like he'll be sticking around. Uh, there's some moves that you would like to see made. How far off do you think the Sabers are from being a competitive team? Oh, oh man. Um, man. Truthfully, is there an outside chance we can get into the playoffs next year? Yes. I honestly, oh, yeah, absolutely. I honestly You're, think no, um, no team is that far off. No, how many times is, is the worst team in the league in the playoffs the year after? I don't think it's crazy to say uh, Ottawa can make the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical, they get the first and second pick. You got Lafreniere, Lafreniere, and Ifield on your team. It's two top six players. You got like thirty million dollars in cap space and no financial. Con- okay, yeah, I could definitely see Ottawa in the playoffs next year. I mean, yeah, for years, depth has been the issue. If um, if we finally struck gold and this GM finally realizes that they need to address their bottom six, then um, I'd be happy because that's the but biggest need in general. thing for me is the third line because the fourth line was great this year. I don't think they could have asked for much more from that no, fourth line. Right, right. Poe, so will those, be back. Those middle six guys. I'm and Larson are probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't expect either of them to resign. I would highly doubt that either of them would want to come back unless they extremely overpay. Mm-hmm. But to find a new fourth line center and a fourth line left wing, do they have a third line center? That's probably Dylan Cousins, unless they decide to bring. Uh, they bring back Wayne Simmons. Give me VC. VC was a big problem this year. That was the big thing for me. Michael Furlick doesn't score goals, doesn't produce. Uh, although he was only here for like a week or two, he's not producing. Give me producing. That's the problem. Like the fourth line, they weren't a problem this year. The third line was an issue. Second line center. They weren't getting production. Look at you. Look at your top six: Eichel, Olafson, Skinner. Hart, uh, Johansson, that's like your top six. Those are uh, cousins in the, they need water. They need a good center. That, another mm-hmm. top nine center. I, I want to say they need a second line center. They play minutes. Doesn't number his lines. So just build a solid top nine. Get another top nine center. Top three line center. You need another fourth line center too, because Larson is going to be gone. Which that's because that's one of your only defensively reliable forwards, center too. So another scoring winger and a good center, and shore up the defense a little bit, and maybe upgrade Hutton. And you're probably not that far off. I I don't think so. Assuming Skinner is going to bounce back too, all of a sudden maybe taking a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
don't think they're that far off. They just they just need to make the right moves this offseason. And for the love of God, can we get a savvy uh, free agent signing for once? Mm-hmm. A good, nice, cheap free agent signing. Like, Curtis Lazar was a nice signing. I'll give him that. Are they going to bring him back? Who knows? Uh, Johansson was looking like a great signing all the way up until he got injured. And he was just never the same again. So, I think a nice signing. Someone that's cheap, nice, savvy move. One that's not going to break the bank, and we'll see. I, I don't know if they're that far away. Um, And you bring up the fourth line, which reminds me of another piece of news that came out between podcasts. Uh, Kyle Pozo, I believe, had knee surgery. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's sidelined six six weeks, is it? About. Um, So something to talk about there, too, because he's had a lot of injuries. Um, The brand of hockey he plays, he still plays a physical game. He's already not the fastest skater. Um, so, and not that he necessarily has to be with the role that he's in. Um, but hopefully he can recover from that because he's coming off, um, probably his best season since his first year, uh, with the team. One of the highest scoring free agent acquisition history. What was that? The highest scoring Sabres free agent in their history. Is that Kyle Oposo? Oh. Crazy. Cool. Joe DiBiase was talking about cool. free agent signings, and Oposo was one of the highest scoring players. Well, that's how inactive this team has been historically in free agency. <laughs> They've never been players in that uh, on that stage. Could have been Brad Richards, but Zach Perez was it? Yeah, Brad Richards. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. Richards on the try to get Parise and Suter that didn't work out. Did we have them in for meetings? Had them in for meetings, but I know they offered the same contracts to them. Oh, good God. <laughs> oh man, that would have been awful. They could like like earlier in the podcast. Uh, Friedman brought up the idea of maybe they go out this summer and spend big money in free agency, which would thing, but I don't think it's necessarily a good idea. It would be cool to see Taylor Hall in the same Yes. As long as it's not a mega term deal. Or maybe there's a team uh like Coyotes who's always swapping out faces and whatnot. Maybe they pursue um the Kessel thing again. See that? What about anti Ranta? Because yeah. Darcy Kemper Clear cut number one goaltender. Derek Stepan being on the move again if they're looking to clear out cap to sign Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. Plenty of options they can trade their first round pick this year, next year. That Tom, they got guys that could move. The Sharks so, are always a team to target, too. I don't think the Sharks are too far off from uh, blowing it all up. Again, I could see the Sharks back in the play. I don't see why they would blow it up here. If the Sharks get um some here, depth right. there, because the Sharks, their deal is they're a bunch of stars and nothing else. At least for their forwards. Oh, this the other day. What if the Sabres got Eric Carlson? Hmm. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but Darlene and Carlson on the same. It would be pair. exciting. Yeah, it would um I mean, no matter what, it uh, would bring something different to your defense. Right? Because you have Darlene. 
11, 11 half million dollars a year for seven or six more years. It just can't be done, but no, it's unless interesting they retain something. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's a, thank God that this is going to be the longest offseason likely in NHL history for us, at least. Because there's plenty of time. Um, you know, let's say the season starts in December next season. Uh, things could be totally different. This team could be completely flipped on its head. Uh, Pierre's Calder Trophy ballot. Would you like to take a guess at who his number one is? Oh, wait. Let me think. It's been so long since I've watched hockey. Forgive me. I got to remember who the rookies are. Uh, you know what? First one that comes to mind is because everyone loves him. Uh, Kel McCarr. Our number two on his Quinn Hughes, then Fox, Dominic Kubalik, and then Victor Olofsson. He has a number one? Is number five on his oh. ballot. Okay, okay. So who is number one again? Okay. Dominic Kubalik, though, he's um, he's a good player. Y- you know what I think of, actually? Got him for stealing. They gave up like a fifth or sixth round pick to uh, huh. get him his rights. Uh, every... Every now and then, I do remember this, and it's like it goes over my head because he, he's played so few games for the Sabres. There's everything that's happened, but Dominic Cahoon, he's something to be excited about. I yeah, believe. for sure. We he have he was good when didn't um, chain, uh, chain to the doghouse. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. There weren't many games between the deadline and um, the season ending. So, he got like four game, four or five games. He had two goals. Right. So that's our thing. Yeah, he was good. Look forward to. At speed, he, he is clearly shown he has the ability to finish the mm-hmm. line of Olfs and Eichel and Kuhn. Um, do you have any other Sabres uh, pieces? Oh. Uh, I want to ask you Have you seen uh, the Roman Bullock thing? No, I didn't. He, he refuses to come back to play if uh, the league resumes. And he's he's already committed to a Czech team for next year. Signed with a Czech team. I did not see he He's not coming back to Dallas. I believe he said it's, it's ridiculous to expect him. Uh, he said at 34, it's impossible or ridiculous to expect um, someone like him to get into shape three weeks after, or like, or three months into uh, shutdown, or have I, don't I mean, have uh, have three him. weeks Paul, to prepare. That's it. Three weeks to prepare. Pollock's not exactly someone that's in the begin with either, right? But um, that's our, and we're seeing this in the NBA too. Once the NHL does come back. Are most of these guys going to come back, like the overseas guys? I don't think it's going to be a problem really for North American players. But is there a chance that the teams are watered down come the resumption of the season? Like, there's a there's a threat there with the NBA. There's less of a threat with the NHL. Um, but like, how many guys are going to choose to sit out and whatnot um, once that? Like, you gotta imagine there will be a fair amount of guys that refuse to play, and I don't. I hope there's nothing held against those guys. No, because... I don't blame them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see too. I know the NBA is having this discussion. Like, how are those guys replaced if there's an injury? Um, stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. There's stuff. Uh, I don't want to say sure. the NHL is allowing uh, them to bring a lot of black aces. Okay, in. that's good. Expand the rosters. 
Um, I don't want to say I'm looking forward to see it, but there's interesting questions to see um, how these things are figured out. Little logistical things, but it's going to be a dramatic uh, month and a half or so leading up to that. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think that's all for this episode. All right. Unless you got anything else. Uh, next episode is episode 420. Hmm. So yeah, we'll probably we'll probably do that around draft lottery time. We can do a little maybe we should do reaction. a little. Should we do a little like playoff prediction thing or? Um... We could, but I don't even know when that's when are the playoffs supposed to start. I thought it was July thirty first. Okay, or maybe I'm mixing that up with uh, NBA, but yeah, we could definitely do a playoff prediction. Okay, I mean because it's not going to change either one way. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, we appreciate you all for listening to this episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. You can follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter at the Charging Buff, also on Instagram at the Charging Buff. Mm-hmm. You can follow myself on Twitter at Joe TCB NHL, and you can follow Luke on Twitter as well, L V K E T C B. And as always, we appreciate you all for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.